Thanks for downloading the latest episode of Inside Octopus Energy, where the topic of conversation this time is the unique technology that sits behind our products and services that is helping us to deliver cheaper, greener energy. My name is Trudy Lewis, and together with my co-host, Russell Goldsmith, we're joined online by three of the team responsible for shaping and developing the Octopus Energy technology platform, the aptly named Kraken. Julie Ames is one of our front-end developers working on Kraken's API, and Ruby Mitchell is a senior operations manager supporting a wide range of partners who have licensed the Kraken technology to use for themselves. And so we'll come back to both of you guys shortly, but let's start this conversation with James Edison, one of the company's co-founders, our CTO, and would it be fair to say creator of Kraken? I think it would be fair to say co-creator. Just as the company has many people behind it, Kraken is the result of a team effort and we've had some great, you know, great people right from the outset working on Kraken. A piece of technology like Kraken you know, needs to have design at very many different levels. There's a sort of a design of the functionality. There's also the design of the technology and the architecture. There's, there's a team of people who've built that from, from the outside, from the outset, sorry. Well, before we dig deeper into the story of Kraken and how it's driving the business, let's bring Gillian Ruby into the conversation. So Jilly, do you want to start by giving us a quick overview of your role in the team? Sure. So I joined the team uh, about three years ago, back when we had just the two websites to look after. So we had Octopus Energy and we had Kraken. And in those early days, I was mostly concerned with trying to improve and build on the experience that customers have when they interact with us digitally, whether that's through the website or through emails. And also to work with the ops team members to try and kind of give that same experience to Kraken. So ops have always had a massive influence about how the technology platform has evolved. And that comes from working really closely both with people like James and the people kind of designing it, but also from uh, people like us who can help to kind of bring polish and improve the kind of user experience of the application. And my roles really evolve now from mostly looking after Octopus Energy customers into developing kind of APIs and a white label experience that we can give to clients so that we can help look after those customers as well. And how how about yourself, Ruby? So I joined four years ago, uh, actually as an energy specialist, so frontline ops and looking after customers. And then kind of over the last four years, I I guess my role has changed quite a lot. So um, moving on to look after payments, all transactions, collections, working with the tech team to to build functionality for that. And then most recently been looking after migrations and joined Kraken Technologies to help support clients moving on to the Kraken platform and get them set up with not only the I guess, traditional Octopus way of working, but the tech platform that uh, enables that way of working. Ruby, you said that uh, you joined the company four years ago. I think I'm right in saying you only graduated four years ago, and here you are looking after partners worth hundreds of millions of pounds to the business. I mean, what does that say about Octopus Energy's culture and the trust the leadership has in the team? Yeah, so... I do. I graduated four years ago. I think I had eight weeks without work and unfortunately ran out of money pretty quick. <laughs> but luckily came, a, came across uh, Octopus, which at the time, you know, was, a, I think, 
25 people in a in a box room in Hammersmith and I remember on our, my first week we were already doing our kind of Friday night dinners and in a very different way but Greg was speaking about how we we're going to hit one million customers in five years and I was thinking goodness gracious like we'll see <laughs> but you know it's happened and beyond so I think that's pretty fantastic and when you're kind of living in in, in the full four years it seems quite normal and natural everything's been quite organic but definitely when you look back in in hindsight it's it's really nuts the opportunities that I've been allowed to have I guess you know there's definitely a aspect of being listened to I can think back when I um cheekily asked for a a month off before I'd even been here six months and (laughs) John said yes and when I left, I'd been doing a lot of stuff manually to do with home moves. And I wrote out this eight page document for James and I said, can we please develop all of this stuff for technology? And, you know, most people would say, who is this girl? Who does she think she is? She's just, um, you know, got no career experience, but that wasn't the case. And actually some of it did happen. So it's really nice. I think here in the culture is that if you have good ideas and um, I guess knowledge is power in a certain way that no matter where that idea comes from you know you're you're going to be to be listened to and I think the senior management team has taken a lot of risk and I I'd like to think that, that that's paid off with the people that is allowed to rise up I guess. Brilliant well, that's great to hear well, well James let, let's go back to the the start of this technology journey then you're, you're setting up the business with Greg Jackson and, and Stuart Jackson in 2015 so talk us through the thinking behind developing your own technology platform yeah I think the, the there was never any question about us building our own technology it's what Greg and I have done for the last 15 or 20 years is build technology platforms so so there wasn't really a con- ever a conscious decision. It was in on the business plan from day one to say we will build our own technology. If we have to rationalise it, you know, I would say there's three things which from the outset were the obvious reasons. One is managing our customer data, both for the sort of protection of the customers and not having that with multiple third parties. Uh, we're responsible for it but also for the value of the business in terms of being able to structure it in a way that works for us and not in a way which a third party thinks works for them. Secondly is achieving efficiency. Even on a simple activity like recording a meter reading, if a a customer's telephoned or or emailed a meter reading through, but certainly on a more complex task, uh, which Ruby mentioned one of her first pieces of work was helping design the process for managing house moves. And and Ruby's contribution was that she was using, at that stage, a third-party tool to do the process. And you've got somebody smart who says, this is insane. I mean, Ruby, how long did it take to do a house move using a third-party piece of software? Uh, I think it was about three and a half minutes, a single one. So when you're doing hundreds at a time, it does add up. (laughs) It, It adds up. And using the process which you helped design in Kraken, how long does that take now? Less than 30 seconds. Okay. So, you know, you have a sort of like a sevenfold in increase in productivity and efficiency because we can design it around what our people need to do and their experience. And then, you know, thirdly, the reason for building our own technology has been that we can genuinely differentiate ourselves. Kraken does all of the core activities of the business. If we were using third-party software, we would be constrained to the ability of that software. 
You know, we could put a different brand on it, charge a different price, but essentially you're going to be constrained as to the service you can offer. And by building our own technology, we've been able to offer the tracker, the agile type products, genuinely different approaches in the industry. And we've been able to do those to our design and to our timescale and without needing to sort of like be beholden upon asking a third party to, you know, when can, when can we have our ideas, please? And that is why, should we say, you know, being, being a technology business means that we think we can you know, genuinely bring, bring a new approach to the industry and differentiate ourselves, but also help move the industry forward. So Ruby, how has Kraken changed since you joined the business? It's changed big time, really. I think when I first started, we were kind of utilizing two systems, and James and the teams always had quite an iterative, is that the word, iterative <laughs> approach. So, how can we add things slowly based on you know what the ops team needs, which is always going to be based on what the customer needs, and then as we get all of those building blocks together, it just it's it's really kind of grown in, in in lots of different ways. And that growth enabled us to move away from the third party platform. And then we had some time building Kraken and focusing on how we can ever improve it. And then getting to a point where we're able to do migrations and moving other customers onto the platform and then also selling the platform to other companies. So, yeah, it's changed a lot. When I think about right at the beginning, some of the things that we were doing quite manually, you know, as as a growing company anyway, you, you always do manually stuff at the beginning, but I can think about the putting occupier paper bills in in letters and putting on stamps myself and putting them in the post box and then James and I on a Friday night would sit and we would go through occupier bills manually you know the tech team's always been really hands-on with that kind of work it's practice makes perfect do we have a a system that we've been doing maybe in a workaround sense that we're really happy with and then once we have that we'll transfer it into an automated way and then soon something that you spend half an hour an hour doing on a, on a Friday evening is something that you kind of forget about and then all of a sudden we send out I don't know 10,000 maybe occupier bills each month so just something really small tiny process that you take for granted and you soon forget about when it's automated actually has a has a journey in itself. Jilly can you talk us through how the relationship works between development and ops sure i mean the way that kind of kraken has evolved as as i was saying before it's it's very ops led and there are kind of various things that help kind of feed into that uh in the early days i think it was a lot easier there were so many like there were so few of us and we all sat in one room and if something didn't work very well you could turn around and say why does this do that why is that kind of a, a tricky process can we make that better and one day, the guy who's the head of front-end development these days, who's Ash, uh, was just kind of sat working with uh, somebody in Ops whose their desk was covered in, in these post-it notes. Oh, this might have been De- uh, James, actually, now that I think about it. And the idea is like, well, let's make a reminders feature in Kraken. And I think Ash's one was he was watching somebody go through the incredibly like laborious process of trying to explain a complex bill to a customer. And they had a calculator out. And they had a page of notes on the screen and they were, you know, trying to make these things kind of work together. And that's like, well, 
we can we can make that better you know let's make a little tool where you just kind of click on the different bits of Kraken and it gives you the sum and these little wins these little kind of productivity quality of life things uh, they're so valuable we kind of built an initiative around it we call that Jaegering which is a reference to Pacific Rim it's a kind of cult sci-fi film but the idea is you you get a better stronger process by putting together these two people an ops team uh, member and a developer and it's not it's not just the the technology wins we get out of it as well it's the, the it builds this trust and empathy and it helps us kind of keep that going even though the teams are growing so we still do that even even over lockdown we get people together on zoom calls and it helps in the little features that come out of it but it helps new team members get to know what ops really do as well it keeps them kind of really connected to that process I think that's that's been invaluable kind of as the business has kind of grown and changed and it's uh, it's it's not just about octopus energy anymore because as we're saying we're doing more to kind of license this technology out to other platforms so in the early days it was how do we take the power of the Kraken tool that ops use every day and then how do we put that in the hands of users how do we help them self-serve these features now that we've kind of worked out exactly how they're supposed to work based on the knowledge of the ops members who know the industry like the back of their hand how do we put that safely in the hands of a user so that they can solve their own problems and now we're doing that through apis so that we can give that to our white label clients who can then pass that power on to their users and empower them to solve their own problems so it's really that sort of partnership between the tech between the ops is just creates this brilliant feedback loop that helps make kraken you know better and better and can you just tell us how many are in each team, just so, you know, for the benefit of listeners, we, we know the size of, of the teams working on, on the platform? Sure. So I, th- I think I'm right in saying there's about 70 in the tech team these days. They're kind of organized into different kind of small sub-teams around either like kind of parts of business or in the front end. We've got more kind of multifunctional teams these days. So we've got the Charmander, Bulbasaur and Squirtle teams uh, looking after the account management, uh, the onboarding process, and then uh, some dedicated Kraken front-end developers as well. And that's about 10 strong these days. And how about in Ops, Ruby? So Octopus Ops, there's 450 around about, I believe, an ever-changing number because I think, you know, still recruiting about 20 people <laughs> a month, but yeah, about 450. It just just on those teams, Russell, whilst, whilst you're mentioning it, I think one of the other benefits from Kraken, which is perhaps obvious in hindsight, but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't claim I anticipated it in advance, but I think both Gillian and Ruby have touched on how well the teams work together because we're doing our own thing. And, the, you know, people in the company do very much, you know, work as one large team rather than a sort of a tech team in one corner and, a, and an ops team in another. And I think in, in, in both sides, I think we've got, shall we say, retention rates to be very proud of. But certainly for the ops, I felt that there's a lot of companies who set out and say, we're going to, you know, we're going to hire great people and we're going to really look after our customers and they're going to be smart and and such like. And we've really done that. And I think one of the ways of keeping good people is you don't then fill up their day with tedious tasks. So if you go back to that example of something sort of taking three and a half minutes or less than 30 seconds, it's kind of like if you give people tools which partly they've got ownership of and they can influence, but partly just make it so that they don't spend so much of the time following a complicated series of dull buttons and they can spend more of their time concentrating on adding value to the customer and having a more worthwhile job. That's been an education and 
I think a factor of Kraken is contributing to that culture. Can I pick up on that, actually? Because I wanted to say that I think a huge part of that is the trust that you get as a member of the team. The, the company culture has always been, it's been incredibly supportive of learning by failing, for one thing, which a lot of companies say they do well. And perhaps, you know, when it actually comes to it, not so much. But you you really do get trusted to run with something in the company. And I remember a meeting, uh, it's a, a tech talk, that we do these kind of tech talks once a week. The, the head of engineering, who's uh, David Winterbottom, had sort of said to me over lunchtime once, have you, have you heard of this kind of GraphQL technology, this kind of new API technology? And I was like, I've heard of it. I've not really played with it. Like, you should, you should, you should go and have a look at that. It's, it's interesting. And I went and went away and I had a play with it. And then I gave this kind of talk to the, the team because I thought it was quite cool. And I thought maybe it'd be, make a nice like internal tool for, for Kraken to help people kind of find data that they're interested in. And James was, was in the meeting. And I remember he kind of looked up at the end and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that looks really good. Uh, we'll have uh, one of those in production, please, for the consumer site. And we'll use that for the white labeling process and the APIs. And I was like, cool, that sounds great. Oh, that sounds really cool. And, and now it does power all of these white labels. And there are so many places you could work that would either have said, mm, it's too cutting edge, we can't put that in production. Or it's an interesting thought, but it's not kind of our top priority. Or you're a front-end developer, maybe you shouldn't be building our APIs. You know, any any of those things would have been a completely reasonable uh, point to make, but it's not how we work. It's it's not how we treat our people. And a lot of what we get out of Kraken comes from that trust that we put in people. And I think with that trust as well, we get a lot of the agility that's allowed us to grow so quickly in the last four years and do things like migrations and in timelines that no one thought was possible if I think back to what we did in in January we had kind of a a tech lead ops lead and and a project lead who was in most of the conversations and we were empowered and enabled to make decisions on the spot on a on a phone call and maybe if we're nervous we'd check back in and make sure like James was happy or our ops director was thought it was also a good decision but it's really empowering to be able to make decisions on the spot without having to get it okayed or signed off or go through the layers and then come back down again. And that means that we were able to you know, migrate 100,000 customers onto the platform in about two and a half months and, you know, pretty smoothly, to be honest. <laughs> I was pretty happy with it. So. Okay. So, James, earlier on, you gave us a quick overview of things, but talk us through exactly how Kraken works and what it does? Yeah, I, I mentioned Kraken is essentially the it's the platform at the heart of the business. So anything to do with looking after customers, so the core part of the business is something that should be in Kraken. And so essentially, you know, for customers, we supply energy. So and we've got a responsibility for looking after and managing the supply and metering of the energy to their to their property. So Kraken does that, it interacts with the industry and it manages those processes. Secondly, we need to support customers and, and, and generally that means talking to them. So Kraken handles the communication with customers and the areas which you might more generally call CRM. And thirdly, we, we're a business, um, customers need to pay for their energy. So, so Kraken manages the sort of the billing and the payment collection and, and accounting for customers. So that sort of financial element. So at its heart, it's everything we do for our customers. And James, how 
I mean, we've heard how many people are kind of working on, on the on the um, sort of technology in the project. How often is it being updated? You know, how, how many, what, what version are you on now, for example? I mean, version number would be, I, uh, Julie, can you quickly look up the latest pull, pull request number? We, we, we run a process called um, CICD, Continuous Integration, Continuous Deployment. And what that means is we are rebuilding the application and indeed the infrastructure the application is sitting on continuously. And that, when I went by example, I would say that's now currently about 50 times a day that we do a new version and a new build of the infrastructure and the software running. So every, every incremental step is really small and it's very well tested and it's very safe because the impact of a small change is going to be small and we've got strategies we can either fix forward or occasionally uh, roll back if we had to. I think we've had to roll back about three times in five years. That's very rare that we, t- we take that decision. But overall, it's a little bit like a glacier. You might not see it changing minute to minute, but actually, glaciers can move quite quickly. And you come back a month later and you say, well, that's changed a lot. And, and for the ops users, there's a constant drip of, ch- of changes or improvements, which we announce internally through Slack or through Kraken itself. And so, you know, rather than, uh, you know, ops users sort of saying there's a new version coming, you've got to come and learn these hundred new features. You know, there's actually just a feed, you know, it's, it's what I, I wouldn't say it's exactly one a day new feature. We tell, tell ops, you know, sometimes there'll be three or four things and then maybe a couple of days without an da- announcement. But it will be just little changes like, you know, that pain problem you had and you reported, you can now do that. There's now a, a new button to do that or, 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 or whatever. I was going to say I was I was already looking up the uh, the number of closed PRs and I make it about uh, eighteen and a half thousand. So well, you could look at it as uh, that many versions of Kraken. Well, James, one one of the things you said earlier about the reasons why you developed Kraken was for differentiation. So, I guess that leads to the question: Why license the technology to your competitors? I think you go back to the aim of the company. We want to make what we, t- we call internally a green dent in the universe. We are very committed to trying to address climate change. We think that the solutions for climate change are going to need to be assisted by technology. And the industry as a whole has a lot of areas where the, the you know, technology systems are not sufficiently flexible or, 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 or scalable for making the rate of change necessary. So in part, the objective is to introduce technology uh, and new approaches to the industry. And for that green dent to be meaningful, it's got to have sufficient scale. If you looked at it, if if our objective was to create an energy supplier in the UK, being a one and a half million plus customers is successful. But on a global scale, that's not going to be really influencing change. We've said um, publicly we want to have 100 million customers on the platform by the end of the decade, ideally sooner. To do that, we're going to need to have a have a much greater scale and be international. Having genuinely our own technology means that licensing the technology to other parties who already have some of the scale means that we can accelerate that growth and we can achieve that growth faster and when the objective is to be 
trying to put in place technology that the industry can change or adapt new ways of working as soon as possible to for, for climate change, the sooner the better. So it's really to sort of you know, advance that growth faster. And, and Ruby, can you share with us how many companies are actually using Kraken now? Yeah, so we can look at it in two parts. So uh, we have Eon, Empower, Good Energy in the UK using Kraken or about to use Kraken uh, in the midst of moving over. And then in Australia, we have Hanwar and, and Origin as well. And then the second half, I guess, is companies that are powered by Octopus Energy. So we have partners or white labels, I guess, called M&S Energy, Co-op, London Power, and then Tesla Power as well as our most recent one. So we've also got customers using our APIs to build great tech. And this goes all the way back to when we first developed these innovative tariffs, when we had a hack day and just invited a bunch of people to come together and see what they could make out of the APIs that we've developed for these tariffs. Because we've got a lot of APIs at this point that support kind of different use cases. But that's kind of only grown into kind of more exciting things. And we've now got an app, which is the Octopus Watch app, which has been developed completely like independently by Kim Bouters, who's a civil engineer. And he, you know, joined Octopus Energy just as a customer to receive the great service that we're really proud of. But he found that there's actually a lot more to our ecosystem. And that's really exciting because it means that the technology that we've built that, you know, we can think of kind of great ways to use and uh, ways to make people's lives better. We can really put in the hands of our customers and they can build great things as well. Uh, and they'll come up with stuff that we've never thought of. And that's a really good point, Julie, because it goes to the heart of what I was saying. It, I mean, that's the, the examples. When we sort of say we think technology can help drive the fight against climate change, it's very specifically the fact that we've got agile pricing to encourage people to dynamically move their consumption Sounds a very frightening and complicated concept. But then when you get third parties building an ecosystem using the APIs to automate that process, it actually becomes transparent to the customers. And you get customers who are very much more highly engaged and understanding of some some of the challenges and the issues about where our energy comes from and the constraints in distributing it. So that is genuinely, those APIs that Julie works on are enabling that transition to a more sustainable future. And James, when someone joins the company, where does Kraken sit in terms of the priorities, in terms of introducing it to them? It's funny. So we're still at a size where I meet every candidate for the technology team. Yeah, in that first discussion with them, I'm I'm at pains to make sure that they understand, you know, the the values of the company. And I've been putting those values really as twofold, which are looking after the customers and the fight against climate change. Those two, to my mind, are the the extent of our focus. I actually um, listened to one of Ruby's colleagues talking about the sort of culture and the onboarding process to Origin in Australia recently. And Lily said, there's three values which we have. And I thought, oh, there's a bit of a difference. And she said, you know, one, looking after customers. Two, the fight against climate change. I thought, so far, so good. So what's your third? And she said, three, great technology. And I thought that's really interesting because actually the ops team, when they're onboarding people, have been saying to the new recruits, you know, that great technology is part of the culture of the company. And it's somehow, I, as CTO, it's one of the things which I've been failing to sort of say is actually one of our values to our technical recruits. I kind of guess, you know, I take it as granted that, you know, that they know 
they've seen what we've published in the technical space and, and they know some of the individuals and and that's why they're in the room. But it was really sort of like heartening and, and warming that that was actually the expanded values from the ops team. And how do you see some of that changing as kind of you get bigger and bigger? Because that's that's exactly what's happening. I hope it doesn't change. Those values should be consistent and you know we should fight very very hard to make sure that the, the you know the culture and the sort of trusting people and treating them like adults when they come through the door is something that even you know even as we get bigger we make sure that we manage the company in such a way that we retain that and can i just add about kind of from an ops perspective when we on board the ops team Kraken's the first thing we introduce people to and I guess it is the second thing after thinking about our attitude towards customers the reason that we're we're here and what our role is as an operation Kraken's the key enabler for that and I think when I was working within Octopus Ops people kind of come in they they're aware and they're they're like yeah cool set up it's you know it's fine and what's been really magic about working in the migrations and working with other clients is actually being able to so when you're doing training or, or, or just explaining how how kraken works is being able to see the reaction from people who you know where octopus isn't the norm and kraken isn't the norm and they're just really in awe of the things that you can do on kraken it's almost like this freedom from all of the repetitive and, and long-winded and just kind of pulling your hair out like why do we need permissions to do this and, and that and why can't I service my customers in the way that I want to actually as soon as they they see how Kraken works it's such, so much excitement there that all of the, the red tape they've had before has kind of disappeared so that's been really really lovely to see working with with other clients and it it it's a bit of a reality check when you're in, in the day-to-day you often forget just how great what we're creating um, is. It's quite amazing to see, but I, and I, I genuinely mean this, Ruby and Gillie, as you're talking about your experiences, how much you're smiling, it's clearly, you know, a great thing to be working on. I'm not just saying that, it, it, it you know, it's genuinely coming across, which is, which is great. I, just, I want to finish off just looking at, at the future plans and, and it'll be just good to know what you're all working on next with Kraken. Ruby, let's come back to you on this one first. So I am really, I think the next two years, my my biggest focus is helping uh, Empower and Eon move on to the platform and and build their company Eon Next to hopefully, you know, be one of the leading energy companies in the the UK, powered by Kraken, I guess, as the centre of enabling that. I think from a Kraken Technologies point of view, we've got quite interesting and potentially challenging periods coming up where we're almost formalizing our processes a little bit more, which is like probably a swear word actually out. So maybe I'll I'll undo that. But really, (laughs) like we never want to say no to an opportunity. And sometimes I think, you know, Greg and the senior management team are a bit mad. I'm like, well, we're doing this. Why, why are we doing this? But it's working so far. And we dive into things and and kind of all hands on deck, let's make this work. I think as we start to repeat and bring more clients on board and see them move towards out of a migration phase and into kind of a BAU, looking after them long term as their business grows, is, is going to be a, a new challenging period for us something we haven't done before you know migrations we've done nine of them now it feels like it's pretty normal to do so I'm, I'm quite excited for that and Julie how about yourself 
Definitely one of the amazing things about working at Octopus is you never know what next week's going to hold. You never know what like new project's going to get announced. Uh, and then suddenly it's like, oh, wow, okay, cool. We're, we're enabling this this week. Wicked. I've got long-term aims uh, to kind of continue that process of taking features from Kraken into APIs and giving them out to customers. And that will be an, an ongoing process for a while. But that is something that has to sit alongside making room for the kind of innovations that are going to come out of like whatever mad schemes that are going on that, that James could probably tell us a bit about actually. Well, that's a, a nice cue over to James then. <laughs> <laughs> One of the analogies we used with the team earlier in the in the year was to think about the company's growth and achieving its mission as a uh, space rocket. We've been going just about five years, four and a half years in in the market. And we sort of set that in the context of saying, you know, that is the stage one of the rocket. It's kind of like the first 90 seconds. You know, there's been an awful lot we've done. It's been great fun. It's been challenging. But we haven't yet changed the world. And that's, you know, that that is the mission. You know, we've got, uh, we've got additional backers. We've got a great team. And I think, you know, now we look at we sort of like, what, what is the second stage of this of this rocket? Because we've achieved more than I think, and you know, Ruby touched on it earlier when when Ruby joined, the vision was that we have a million customers in five years. Well, we've shattered that target, but you know the targets we set ourselves are genuinely big, and it's now that second stage. How can we surprise ourselves with what we can achieve? You know, still look after the customer, but also now start to do much more to look after the planet too. Are there other areas or, or industries that you're looking at, at taking Kraken into? I wouldn't say we are looking at other industries directly. I think other parts of the industry. I think what, what one of our challenges is we need to be enabling people to be able to understand the source of their power, or if not knowledgeably understand it, to be consuming power at the point where it's cleanest to produce. And therefore, you know, by whatever mechanisms necessary, we should be more directly linking the generation of clean energy with the, with the consumption. The biggest domestic areas of consumption are transport and heating. Uh, those need to be electrified as part of, of decarbonizing uh, society. From where we are now, we may be looking at sort of, uh, technologies and approaches to help control of that. And also to be looking upstream in the supply chain through to, to through to sort of like matching the generation of energy with the with with the consumption of it. I was I was just going to say, and, and looking further ahead, James. I mean, what do you want Kraken's legacy to be? Let's let's say. For me personally, my my, my I, I didn't come from an energy background. Uh, the thing that I heard about back in 2015, which so we say was a big sort of influence for me personally on the journey was described as the energy trilemma and the energy trilemma is how can we achieve a source of energy that is sustainable reliable and affordable when you see that challenge thrown down you realize that if we can solve that or make a contribution to solving it it is not only going to be great for the planet in, in, in sort of environmentally and ecologically, it's also going to have much wider geopolitical benefits for the, the population of the planet. 
And so I think the, the legacy I would like us to have from, from our effort, my effort and, 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 and from Kraken as well, is like, you know, it's made a, uh, you know, the best possible legacy is that it made a contribution to solving that trilemma. And certainly, you know, whether we succeed or fail, you know, we'll have had a damn good try, try at it. That's a really lovely way to finish and good luck with all those future plans. But for now, Jilly, Ruby and James, thanks so much for talking to Inside Octopus Energy. As always, if you've got any comments on anything our three guests have discussed today, please do get in touch via the website at octopus.energy or via the usual social channels. But for now, from Russell Goldsmith and from me, Trudy Lewis, thanks for listening and goodbye.